Hey friends, welcome to a spring break edition of Motherhood in Hollywood. I'm Heather Brooker and this is episode 167. My guests today are a couple of lovebirds who were married at first sight. Jamie Otis and Doug Henner are here to talk about how their life has changed over the last five years since getting married on television. Yeah, so exciting. All right, but first... I want to tell you guys about my jeans, about my pants. Basically, I want you to get in my pants. No, (laughs) I want to tell you about democracy clothing. You've heard me talking about it over the past several episodes. And I'm not kidding when I say these are the jeans that I wear almost every day. I wear them because they are comfortable. They have just enough stretch in them so that I can move around and not feel um, constricted but they're not stretchy and saggy and baggy jeans. They're still fitted. They're still very slimming and super comfortable. That's because Democracy Clothing has what's called absolution. They're absolution jeans. They have fit equality for every body shape and every body. There's a no gap waistband, which is great if you get that gap in the back over your booty like I do. They have slimming mesh panels, a booty lift with a sweetheart, uh, hey, sweetheart booty. That's all, that's me. That's, that was my nickname in college. No. <laughs> um, and as I mentioned, that sculpting stretch fabric, which is probably my favorite part of the jeans because I do wear them um, every week and they haven't stretched out. They're not gabby. They're uh, gabby. They're not gappy. They're not baggy um, and uncomfortable. They look very nice and very tailored, to be quite honest with you, which I love. All right. So check them out, you guys. Democracyclothing.com. They don't just have jeans. They also have beautiful um, blouses and tops and sweaters and shirts and all kinds of things over there. Democracyclothing.com. Check it out and see how the absolution jeans can work for you. All right. Let's get to this week's episode and our guests from Married at First Sight. Here we go. Come on, Mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. I hope you guys are having a wonderful week so far. Um, This is spring break week for us, which apparently is like a month earlier than everywhere else in L.A. uh, Because none of our friends here in L.A. are on spring break as well. So we are uh, we've been trying to figure out what to do this week. So I think we're going to do a little bit of road tripping, maybe hit up Disneyland and then we're going to go to the lake. So we're keeping it simple. Nothing too wild and crazy yet. No Cancun on the schedule for uh, spring break just yet. Although I have to say, I do think about um, what it will be like when Channing is old enough to go on a crazy wild spring break trip and what she will do because she's got a wild streak for sure. And I can absolutely see her in college wanting to go with her friends to like a Cancun or whatever. She's not going to go to like... Paris and want to see, you know, like fancy culture stuff. She's going to want to go party. (laughs) So I can just sense that in her. Um, And in that respect, there is no doubt she is my daughter because 
that's probably what I would do. Um, but anyway, all right. So what's happening? Oh, I just got back from this wonderful conference in Utah and the Zion national park. Well, it wasn't in the park, but it was in the area of the park and, um, such a wonderful powering, uh, empowering conference there for, um, the mama ladder, which are a couple of ladies who've created this, um, business to help other moms who are climbing the ladder of success and trying to do it with their family in tow. So they invited me to come out and be the keynote speaker for their conference. And I was so honored to get to do that and share my story with other mompreneurs. Um, As you may or may not know, I sort of accidentally became a mompreneur or a, a businesswoman. I started my podcast almost four years ago just as a way to connect with other moms in the entertainment industry and get some mom friends. Cause a lot of my friends at the time didn't have kids and still don't. Uh, my close friends still don't. So, um, this was a way for me to kind of build my own community. And I didn't think of it anything other than that, but it quickly took off and, um, exploded into something that I had never even dreamed of. And now it's a business. Now motherhood in Hollywood is a business. As you guys know, I post ads and things um, for companies who want us to show off their products. And um, I get sponsors for my podcast and and that sort of thing. So it's been a a lot of learning, a lot of self-taught things, and a lot of um, asking other mompreneurs questions about how they do what they do and, and getting advice and going from there. So Um, I was really happy to share my experience and share my story and, um, they, I think they really enjoyed it. I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's what I've been doing the past few weeks. And I also, you guys, while we were there, it was in the Zion national park, which is this gorgeous park in the Southern part of Utah with, um, beautiful, uh, terracotta mountains and uh, greenery and lots of wildlife. And I, surprise myself, um, by going and going on a hike up in these mountains by myself. I wasn't alone on the trail. There were other people there on the trail with me, but I was by myself. And Chris will tell you that is not something I would ever normally do, but I think maybe I've just caught up in like the inspiration of the weekend and like feeling myself, you know? So I, I just totally went and went on this hike by myself and I got some awesome pictures. So, um, if you want to see the, some of those go to motherhood in Hollywood on Instagram, Facebook, and, um, check those out. Or maybe I should do a post on my website. I'm such a bad blogger. You guys, I'm such a bad blogger. Uh, I'm a, I'm a okay podcaster, <laughs> but I'm a terrible terrible blogger. Um, all right. Anyway, so I want to move on. I want to talk about my guest this week. Um, this is Jamie Otis and Doug Henner. They were on a show called married at first sight and they agreed to go through the process of marrying someone they had never seen before. And it's a fascinating story to me. And I am I am in awe of them, number one, to have the courage to be able to do something like that because I don't even, I can't even make a decision at the grocery store sometimes about, you know, what, what I want to buy, what I want to take home, much less something as monumental as getting married at first sight. And they're going to share their story with us. They're coming up on their fifth wedding anniversary, I believe. So that's a huge success story. And what's also success is that they're sharing some of the more, um, the more challenging parts of being married and also challenging parts of parenthood. They're talking about a recent miscarriage that they went through. Um, they're very open, which is 
is hard to do in this day and age to be truly and, and honestly open about everything in your life. I mean, even my, even me, even though I share a lot, I'm still a little bit guarded about certain things and privacy things and stuff like that. So I love their, their openness, their honesty, and they're just really, they're really kind people. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy their story. So without any further ado, here is my interview with Doug and Jamie from Married at First Sight. So this is very exciting, you guys. I have Jamie Otis on the show, and her husband, Doug, is rushing back right now just to be on my podcast. <laughs> no. yeah. maybe, very true. Maybe not just to be on my podcast. Um, but hi, Jamie. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Good. It's been like um, just a few days since we last spoke. I'm yeah, so- it was so great having you on our podcast. Yes. Thanks for being on. I think all of our listeners just absolutely love you. Oh, that's so Not- nice. Well, you guys were so kind. I listened to the episode um, and I was like, wow, they are really nice. <laughs> like, was, you guys were saying such nice things about me. And I was like, I feel like I should send you flowers. You you sent me this lovely like houseplant and I yeah. as a as a thank you gift. And I feel like I should send you guys something because you were so kind. Um, and there was just a really fun show to do. So um, tell everybody a little bit about uh, your podcast. Okay, so our podcast is Hot Marriage, Cool Parents, and it's kind of like um, a sarcastic title because we are always trying to figure out how to have a hot marriage and (laughs) definitely not the coolest parents. (laughs) We're trying to be, though. We're trying real hard. So, uh, no, it's just a really fun podcast. It's a great way to be able to connect with our, we call them our friends, our our followers, but they're more than just like a following. They're like our friends. I mean, they're there's a community on social media that have really supported us. We were married as strangers on a show called married at first sight. Oh yeah. And a lot of, a lot of people thought we were pretty, (laughs) yeah. A lot of people thought we were pretty nuts, but there were a select few who heard about it and thought it was kind of cool and like supported us and rooted for us. And you know, and we just love them. So it was, this is a great way. The podcast world is awesome because it's such a great way to be more intimate with your friends you're following. It totally is. It totally is. And I, when I was listening to the episode I did with you guys, I was like, Oh my God, I talk so much. Like you guys barely got in a word. So thank you for your patience. And I'm not going to talk quite as much now that the roles have reversed (laughs) and I get to ask you a bunch of questions. Um, so even though Doug isn't here, we're going to dive right in because I have so many questions about married at first sight. You had mentioned when we were chatting about, um, the dating scene when you were dating and you were also on the bachelor. Yeah. Um, and do you, did you just feel like you weren't having a lot of luck in love, uh, at the time? Is that why you decided to go on married at first sight? So, so I guess I should just back up and explain even how I got on the bachelor mm-hmm. because so long story short, and I, everyone tells me, I say that a lot. And you know when you're a <laughs> podcaster and then people start listening to you and how you talk and then they'll tell you, you say this or that. Mm-hmm. And apparently I say a long story short a lot. So forgive me if I say that a lot. Do <laughs> on it. Your podcast. Embrace it. Somebody once yeah. told me an expert podcaster, like one of the top podcasters said, if you have something that you find yourself repeating over and over again in a podcast, lean into it and make it like your thing. Like, that's what you say. This is what I yeah. do. You know, just embrace it and be like, yeah. So what I say, long story short, and that maybe you have T-shirts made that say long story short, you know, so I love this advice. Lean into that. I'm leaning into it. And then the other part of her comment, well, more than one, they were like, yeah, you say long story short and then your story is never actually really short. And I'm like, okay, well, Uh, that's just who I am. (laughs) Oh, oh, internet. (laughs) 
So, okay. But getting back to the bachelor. So what happened was I, I, um, had custody of my siblings in college. So I didn't have like a normal dating, you know, like when you're in college, that's like pretty much the prime time to date. And, you know, you're supposed to be there for studious reasons, but we all, you know, we all make friends and date. And that's like the fun thing, like being Mm -hmm. a sorority or a frat house. But I had custody of my siblings. I like, it's a long story, but my mom kind of just like she, she was an addict, unfortunately, and she was just trying her best to cope, you know, so I, I don't, you know, I, I want to like not paint the picture like she was this terrible woman who just like gave up her kids. She was really just a hurt woman who was trying her best to cope, ended up in an addiction. And, uh, we were like, um, uh, what, 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 no, I wouldn't want to say like evacuated from the house, but like we weren't allowed to go back into our home, evicted from the house is what we were like. It was trailer that my mom was renting. Um, and I had just moved to, to rent like my own little trailer and my mom asked, can I write a note for the kids to get off the bus at, at the off the school bus at your house? Because, you know, we cannot, we literally can't even get into the trailer. So she wrote a note and my three younger siblings got off the bus at my house. This was when I was a freshman in college. And, you know, my mom kind of, I wouldn't say disappeared, but kind of, you know, like she just mm-hmm. didn't come back for a while. And then when she did come back, it was like, she had no home for them. So I just kept on taking care of them. And, long story short, I end up gaining, um, custody of them, mm-hmm. but, um, there it is. Long story short. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, so I wasn't like, I was, and you know, all of that being said, when you're going out on dates and whatnot, you know, people ask about your family, where you're from, where'd you go to school, all these questions. And I'm like, Oh my God, don't ask me any of these questions. Cause I was so mortified that, you know, like who wants to date a girl whose mom is a drug addict and I don't know who my father is. So there was no like, there's like, maybe he thinks I have daddy issues. I don't know. Maybe I do have daddy issues. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, and then, and then like, no joke, uh, this one guy that I was dating back in college, it was like Valentine's day and all three of my siblings of course are with me and he wants to go to the movies on Valentine's day. And I was like, well, I can't leave them here. Like, that's so rude. So literally my, my three younger siblings, my boyfriend and I hopped in our little beater car and went to the movies together. And that was like my life. So then when, you know, when that, you know, that relationship was like, really wasn't that healthy. And I get out of it and graduate college. And my sisters have, you know, gra- graduated from high school at this point. So I'm out on my own. I'm 23. And the bachelor commercial comes on and they say, you know, do you want to date the next bachelor or bachelorette? And my friend kind of said, oh, you should do it. And I was like, oh, I will. And so then I get on that show and pretty much make a fool of myself because <laughs> trying to be like sexy and seductive. Yeah. I have no idea how to date. I don't even, I have no confidence. I don't feel like I belong there at all. I'm the girl with a drug addict mom from the trailer park. And I didn't tell anybody that cause you know, like everybody on the bachelor is like gorgeous and they have like these amazing families. At least that's what I thought. And mm-hmm. so I was very intimidated, super awkward and made a fool of myself, not only on the bachelor, but then I was on the bachelor pad, which was a show after that. And I was like, I'm done. But then when married at first sight called, they said this was, they didn't say it was married at first sight. They said it was a love experiment. And the idea behind it was, you know, how they presented it was like, are you someone who has difficulty dating? And, you know, are you looking for some, some help in this? And I was like, oh my God, like, this is like a godsend almost like, yes, I'm someone who has difficulty dating. And like, the only thing that I like I've really wanted all my life is just like true love and like a family, which sounds very cliche, (laughs) but it's true. Like, I mean, what's life if you don't have, you know, true family and and true love and support. And and I really didn't have it and I didn't know how to get it. And so when they said they had these experts that were willing to analyze, you know, these, these single people in the tri-state area, and if they found a perfect match, 
then they would put you together. I was like, wow, this sounds like a great opportunity. <laughs> and they dropped the bombshell that, um, they dropped the bombshell that it's actually marriage and you're going to marry a complete stranger and you're just going to trust us that, that that'll be your perfect match. Um, and I guess I was crazy enough to say, yes, I did mm-hmm. it. <laughs> um, I am just fascinated with that story because I, I don't know that I would have the courage to do that because that's such a major commitment and you really have to trust people. Like what is the process for married at first sight? Do they, do they do like a, um, a, a compatibility test? Like oh, yeah. what was the science behind it? Cause you really have to trust that somebody knows what they're doing. Yeah. So one of the experts, her name's Dr. Pepper Schwartz, and she literally helped create one of the algorithms for some dating site. I think it was, I'm not sure if it was match or, um, you know, one like a very popular dating site. So she helped create the algorithm. So it's not like these were just Joe Schmo experts that you're like signing your, your, you know, your future marriage to, you mm-hmm. know, it's so one was, so Dr. Pepper Schwartz, who I'm still, you know, very close with now. I mean, she's amazing. She's written multiple books. She's a professor and she's, she's just very professional. She wasn't, it was clearly not like the bachelor in the sense that it was very dramatized. It was, it it was just so different. Like they presented it like, not like, Oh, you're going to go on, you know, all these fantasy dates and helicopters and romance and butterflies. It was more like, well, you're going to get married and you will have a brief honeymoon, but then it's like back to the real world. And it's, how are we going to help you like have a real relationship? Their goal was to change the statistic. You know, it's 50, 50 right now in America, like 50% of 50% of marriages stay together and 50% don't. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what if we brought science in on this? And we literally, you know, and we did, there was a psychologist as well who gave us umpteen. I mean, I can't tell you how long (laughs) I like answered all his questions in this like questionnaire that he gave me. Um, but the, the cool thing about it was, is like, what if we brought science in on this and we put together two people who are on paper, a really great match, like Mm -hmm. would that, would the chemistry follow was essentially what the question was. And, and could this potentially be a better outcome than the traditional way that Americans are getting married now, which is choosing your own partner. Mm -hmm. So it was obviously, it was a very sign, you know, in a nutshell, it was a scientifically arranged marriage and, yeah. I mean, you do have to put a lot of trust in these professionals, but I, I really did. And I think I was at a point in my life where, like I said, I mean, I, I genuinely really wanted a family. I've always wanted to be a mom and I just, I didn't, I've never really had, I don't have any, like, you know, not, not to sound depressing or anything, but I don't really have any family. Like not, I mean, like my mom, I love her. She means well, but she's really not there for us. Like more like we're more like I'm her mom mm-hmm. and her I don't know my dad, so I have no side in that. My my stepdad, he's been in and out of jail for like beating the snot out of my mom. So there's no one, you know, there. And then my mom's family, you know, they really thought, I think they thought that my siblings and I would become like a drug addict mm-hmm. and living on welfare in a trailer park as well. So they kind of like, they never reached out to help us. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, and yeah. so we were very much alone. And, um, and I've always kind of felt very much alone and I've really I I think I was yearning for a mama bear like someone to help me like figure out this life kind of thing and I really feel like I found that in Dr. Pepper Schwartz but um yeah and so that's why I guess I just was really I was at a very vulnerable place in my life and I really wanted this you know I really wanted true love and I was like if these guys will help me like I think it could happen and so yeah I went for it (laughs) head head in 
I think that is so uh, brave. And I there's two things I want to say. First of all, I can't believe that lady's name is Dr. Pepper. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I would die. I don't know that I could ever talk to her with a straight face. Um, I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> but number two, I have to tell you, your story is very similar to mine. Um, I have, really? Yes. Um, minus the uh, brothers and sisters. <laughs> I'm I'm an only child, but I've always had to be the parent for my mom. She does um, not have her ish together in the way that most parents, you know, you think do. And yeah. I have a very small family. I have no, just literally, it's just my mom. And I have, I don't know, my, I have no dad. Uh, my stepdad died when I was 13 and my biological dad and my mom split up when I was three months old. So, and I never met him. He's never been in my life. And, um, so yeah, it, there's a feeling of, of loneliness for sure. And a feeling of wanting to be, wanting to create a family around you. Um, so I can understand that desire to want to connect with somebody and I think it's very brave of you to go on a reality show to do that. And I'm wondering, did they, what was like the legality process like? Like, did you, did you have to marry him if you were like, whoa, I don't know if I can go through with this? Was there a, was there a backseat, outsee kind of a clause or? You know, what's really interesting is that I, I think it's because I, so also you met the experts and you met the producers. And so I, I really had an, like a ton of faith in the fact that they, I don't, I didn't feel like I needed, I didn't think, feel like I was going to need an out. I wasn't even worried about that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when you meet them, it wasn't, it was so not dramatic. Like they were so sincere in about their approach to this. Like they genuinely wanted to help singles in the tri-state area. You know, I'm from New York. And mm-hmm. so it was like, they were looking in New York and Connecticut and New Jersey. And, um, and I, I just like, gen, I, I mean, they, and they really are like that, genuinely interested in helping people find true love. So I really, I know that sounds so, um, maybe naive. <laughs> I've been very naive in my life. I literally went on the bachelor thinking I'd fall in love. Um, <laughs> quite not na- quite naive of me. <laughs> do you think but, anybody side note, do you think anybody falls in love on that show? Is it all just like you've been on the inside and yeah, I, I feel like that is one of my least favorite TV shows on the planet. Kate Casey and I are good friends and yeah. she's all about the bachelor. She's all about the reality shows like that. And for me, the bachelor is just one of the worst shows on television. Yeah. You know what? I think that there are a lot of people who are there quote unquote, not for the right reason. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I think that there are a select few who think, I mean, come on, think about it. Like a, the chance to have like a romance with someone and then it's like all documented and you get to watch it all back. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's a definitely fantasy land that you're living in if you think it could happen to you. But let me tell you, this is something that I truly believe in. If you don't think something like that will happen to you, it never will. It never so will. you yeah. have to put that out into the universe. And speaking of putting things out into the universe, how interesting that you and I have a similar backstory mm-hmm. and somehow, and then you connected Kate, Casey and I, and I had a chance to chat with her and we have a bit of a similar backstory and with this big old world. And somehow now the three of us, you know, have such a inter- like a very, not a common backstory and we're all kind of in the same boat. It's interesting. So I feel like when you put it out into the universe, whatever it is that you want, like for me, I would love more friends who get my life because I think there's a lot of people who don't understand kind of like the trauma that comes from that. And you don't really want to talk about it much because it's not, yeah. I, I don't want to say embarrassing, but yeah, a little bit. Like, well, there is was, a, yeah, there is a little bit of, uh, um, 
Yeah, an embarrassment or shame or, you know, and somehow that because of the choices that our parents or our family made, um, that we are somehow, you know, it reflects on us. And, yeah. you know, I, I stopped like I, I try to let that go and not think about it as much. Um, cause I'm like, my mom is her own person and I'm my own person and I love her. Um, but we're just, we're very different people. And, um, I think that if anybody meets me or my mom, they'll be able to see that pretty, pretty yeah. clearly. Uh, but yeah, there's a shame that comes with it. And there's an embarrassment, you know, even as a grown up and an adult, you're just like, Oh my gosh, my mom, like, why couldn't you just be like everybody else's mom? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. so I completely understand that. And I get that. Um, I would love to know since you and, and Doug got married, um, what has been the thing that's been the most surprising about marrying someone you just met or being married at first sight? Like what, what has been the thing that you're like, Oh, this is a lot easier than I thought, or wow, this area is a lot harder than I thought. Well, Doug, speaking of speaking of the angel that he is, uh. he, he just got home. So uh, awesome. <laughs> he's going to join us now. Okay, cool. But um, I think one of the most surprising things, at least for me, it was, and I mean, like I was, I was young, um, when I, you know, I was 27 when we got married and clearly very inexperienced. Yeah, I, you're so old. and I'm very old now. I'm 32. <laughs> We've been married for <laughs> we married five years this month. Isn't that crazy? Uh, but I think one of the things that surprised me is that love can like seriously love can grow. And I know that you hear that out there all the time. And maybe some people do believe it. I didn't really believe it though. I was like, you're either going to have sparks in chemistry with someone immediately or, or you're never, you never will. Like, I mean, like that was just like an obvious thing to me. Like that's a no brainer. Like you either, it's like you have the chemistry the minute you meet or you don't. And that's just that because like, you know, when you go on like first dates or second dates, even like the chemistry is there and then you kind of take it from there. But if you don't have the chemistry, you never, never go on another date. Cause you're like, well, that, no, it's just not there. And that is like the biggest lie because Doug and I did, there was zero chemistry on our wedding day. I like absolutely panicked and did not think that he was going to be, you know, my knight in shining armor. And funny enough, you know, like a week later I'm falling head over heels in love with him, which is nuts. And so I, I always say to women who are out there looking for love, don't expect a knight in shining armor. Well, that, yeah. that for sure, that, yeah. because I had such high expectations, which is just don't have any expectations. Like first love yourself so much that you don't need someone, mm -hmm. which I, I was not there. I wish I had been, but second, um, you know, first conquer self-love and then second, like give the guy who doesn't like smitten you immediately, give him another chance. If, if on paper, he's, he seems like a good match, give him more than one chance, like give him at least three chances because chemistry and love can grow. And when you have the type of love that starts out as like a small flame and it just grows and grows and grows, something about that love is so, it's just so much stronger than any other love I've ever had. So. And from my perspective, I, what, what surprised me the most, or I don't even know if it was surprising, but, um, obviously up until that point, anybody that was on the show, they weren't having a ton of success dating. I mean, that was, you know, the mm -hmm. whole beginning was, you know, are you single? And, and it's yes. And I didn't realize, um, how much help that there was, meaning the experts that were involved. I've never had, uh, therapy. I've never had experts or anybody that was kind of on our side and readily available and being able to help work through, 
um, a lot of the situations and things that maybe I just would have brushed off in the past or just not talked about or communicated, but uh, we were forced to talk about everything. And um, just having the expert's point of view put things in a very calm perspective, and I think that's what helped, uh, you know, kind of just streamline the comfortability and the, the respect and, and communication. You know, all of that. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a lot of, um, like, very similar to, like, a pre-marriage counseling. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> only you guys just did it separately. Yeah, we did it while we were married. Like, we dated. Oh, you did it while you were we... married. So it wasn't well, no, I mean, before you guys met, it, like, leading up to the show? It was both. So oh, okay. we, we, so what happens is like you tell them everything about you. And like, I literally didn't leave a thing blank because I was like, I don't want to hide the fact that my, I can't, I wouldn't be able to hide the fact that, you know, I, my, I don't know who my dad is and my mom is a drug addict and, you know, like we're from trailer parks or whatever. Like I knew that I didn't want, I did hide that on the bachelor. And that was like, when you hide things like that, the shame and the guilt and the weight of it, just like it is all consuming. So I just let it all out. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to need a man who's going to like be okay with getting his boots dirty or his nice shoes dirty. Cause I remind you, I'm living in Manhattan. So all the guys there are, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of different types of guys, but the guys that I was dating, yeah, there are. Okay. But like, they aren't the kind of guys that you can bring home to like my, literally my sister has a farm. And so, you don't, I don't know. You just don't bring them home. At least I didn't think you could. And so I was like, listen, I need a guy who's going to love me in all my baggage. And I just like laid it all out there and was like, this is me. Mm -hmm. And it was the most therapeutic thing I've ever done for myself because all of a sudden everything that I was so ashamed of and thought it was like so crazy. And I was the only person in the world who had this issue. I realized I'm not the only person. This is actually a bit more common than you think. And you know, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. It is not my fault that my mom chose drugs. It's not my fault. She has no idea who my father is. You know, it's, it's just something that it doesn't make me unlovable. So I think that, um, a lot of, a lot of perceived, uh, you know, thoughts that, that happen where, you know, it's, um, once you let your guard down and once you get everything out there, it's, uh, it kind of just took off from there. Yeah. So they do give, you know, they, they do the, you know, the, I guess, premarital counseling, counseling, or just like, I wouldn't say it's count. Well, maybe counseling prior, but that's literally for two weeks. Cause like you find out you're going to marry someone and you have two weeks to get ready for that wedding. So it's like two weeks of that. And then really, it really is after you get married is when like the real work begins because they found this perfect person for you, or at least what they think could be perfect based on what you've told them. And you know, then of course you're jumping through hoops, hoping that <laughs> this marriage is going to work. But you have something to fight for. Yeah. Parts that you fight for, and, and the, you have to be ready to be married. Um, you know, obviously now for the seasons that are coming up, they have a lot of other seasons to watch. We thought it was a love experiment. We thought it was just going to be some dating show. In the yeah, I told them that. <laughs> and um, you know, for for other seasons, they have kind of a template that works for the show and works for the public. And you know, we sort of created that. So I think we we had a lot of uh, freedom with being able to act ourselves and do the things that we would want to. And, you know, there was, we knew when they were filming, we knew when we were had, you know, when we had to shoot. So it was a lot of, um, you had, you had your own downtime. It wasn't like you were constantly on and it's, I don't know. There was an awful lot of downtime, Doug for six weeks, but, but you, you have to, I mean, it was, it was just trying to just be the same person on and off camera. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about now, you said you're coming up on five years. 
Is that yeah, right? so March 23rd yep. is our five-year wedding anniversary. And a lot <laughs> has happened in these five years. First of all, congratulations. That's very exciting. And I think what you might be the reality couple that's been married the longest, right? Besides what? Are Trista and Ryan still together from The Bachelor? Yes, they okay, are. Okay, yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll see how long that goes. But anyway, you guys, yeah. I think, have maybe the couple that's like lasted the longest. Everybody else seems to, you know, break up. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what's happened in that five years. You guys have become parents. Yes. <laughs> and how were those discussions like, um, because that's a big thing that a lot of couples talk about when they're dating. And that is a question they decide if they're going to continue dating somebody. Generally, it's like, oh, I want to be a parent, but he doesn't want to have kids or vice versa. You know, it's like those are things that are typically discussed in the dating process. But you guys were already married. <laughs> so how did that go down? that. <laughs> That was absolutely one of the pre-screening questions with the expert. So mm -hmm. part of that, uh, you know, assessment and psychological things like that, those were the questions that were asked. And, you know, I've always wanted kids. Jamie wanted kids, uh, you know, and then kind of take it from there. But we, we kind of had, uh, we kind of knew that we both wanted kids. Jamie, it turned out that Jamie wanted kids way before I did. <laughs> I've wanted uh, kids since <laughs> I was like a kid. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I held out and made her work for, inside my pants and uh, you know, we have a daughter <laughs> and then now you guys are talking about baby number two you've been working on that and I know you've been very open about sharing your uh, journey to have a second child um, where are you at with that right now so uh, well, our first baby, our first pregnancy, we, we, I delivered our firstborn son, Jonathan at 17 weeks and one day. So, you know, at 17 weeks, that wasn't viable for life. And unfortunately he wasn't, you know, he just went straight to heaven and that was the most traumatic event of my whole entire life. I, I mean, I've been through, imagine. yeah, I've been through some crappy things and there's nothing that's more painful than that because mm -hmm. I feel like as a woman, you know, I just wanted to be a mom. I just wanted to be able to protect and nurture my baby. And I felt like I failed that and failed him, um, in particular. And so I just kind of made it my mission to never, to never let the world forget about him. I want him to know that he was so loved and important. And, you know, we, he is our firstborn son and we'll always love him and honor him. Um, and so, you know, we, we went through that first and then we had our, our, rainbow baby is what they call a, a baby after a, a loss. Mm. And so that's our daughter, Henley. And, you know, we've been trying to have another baby, um, for probably, I don't know, Doug, would you say a year now? Probably about a year now, like since she was about six months old and we had a chemical pregnancy and then we just had another miscarriage. And it's just like, you know, I think that the, they're, you know, plugging away. That's yeah, Doug, I think it's, a bit easier for men because they don't, their bodies aren't physically going through it. They don't have the hormones that come to it mm -hmm. or come with it. But, um, you know, it, one in four never feels very real until it happens to you. But there, mm -hmm. one in four women go through a pregnancy or infant loss and it's freaking soul crushing. I mean, it is, it is the most painful thing. And, you know, and then like, I think about things like my mom would just, you know, she would pretty much like look at a man and be pregnant and, and like have a baby. And <laughs> Doesn't I'm, like, it seem like that's always the way it is? Yeah, yeah. Like my mom didn't plan any of her pregnancies. She has, I have four siblings and we shouldn't plan it. 
Yeah, I mean, there, there, you know, there's maybe some things to be said for that, but we didn't plan initially. We were just trying to just let it happen naturally mm-hmm. after we had our daughter and it didn't happen naturally. So then we started using like the ovulation tracker and things like that again and then got the chemical pregnancy. And um, and now I'm I've I'm literally like I just want to understand my body. So I'm taking like hormone tests and trying to figure out like what why can't I carry a baby and like keep a baby? I, I feel so fortunate that my daughter is here because mm-hmm. You know, after three losses, you're like, what, what is wrong with my body yeah. right now? Yeah, you start questioning your body and you start wondering, like, what am yeah. I not doing right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of guilt um, that comes along with, with um, trying to have a baby. And if you can't, you know, if you're not like fertile myrtle, you know, um, like it seems like everybody is, uh, then it's, you start to beat yourself up for sure. My husband and I tried for several years before we, we had Channing and, uh, we also waited a really long time. Like we were married for 10 years before we were like, man, maybe we should have kids. <laughs> well, so. that's- and I also think that you look for answers You look for, you know, there's gotta be reasons why this is happening or there should be. Right. Mm-hmm. You can do to prevent and you know, most of the time the answers get it's just no it it happens uh it's common it just happens and then you're just like well that's not an answer and then, yeah you know that's what makes you feel responsible for for what happened yeah you want something tangible like give me something i can do to fix it right something to work on right you know whatever it is just you know there's got to be a reason other than uh it's it just happens Yeah, I think that there's a lot of science um, and research that needs to be done into women's health. I Mm -hmm. feel like women kind of have gotten like the second hand in a lot of things. And this is definitely one of them. So that's I think that's why I am so uh, actually I mean, truth, truth be told, like the fact the, the moment that I was most honest about my past and just let that all go and just live my real life like the freedom that I had and like the stress and the anxiety of hiding of my real self, it just went away. And like, I can't, you know, I, I can't like speak loudly enough to like, if you're a woman suffering through something like anything, really it doesn't have to be, it could be anything. Try not to do it alone. Try to find someone that you can talk to about it and get support, whether it be, you know, someone in your family, or maybe sometimes you want someone outside the box so you could see a therapist because like going through any sort of struggle all by yourself is absolutely like mind numbing and Mm -hmm. soul crushing and it's just not worth it. And you don't have to, and it's okay if you seek help, it is okay to ask for help. Well, and I think that one of the things that's great about what you guys are doing is that you're sharing your experiences on your podcast and on your website and on your social media so that if anybody is listening or watching or following along, um, they can feel connected to you in that way. So I think it's really wonderful that you guys are being so open about your experiences. Um, is there anything you think that, um, would be off limits for you? Cause we've seen your, we've seen your dating. We've seen you get married. Yeah. We've heard, we've talked about your, um, your, uh, you're being a mom and becoming parents and all of that. Is there anything that you're like anything off limits? You know, what is funny is we don't have, we are pretty much open books, except we were going through a really, really tough time with, with our marriage. When I was pregnant, my Doug lost his job and we lived with his parents and I like helped him get out of a ton of debt. And so that was a really rough time. And I think Mm -hmm. the reason we never were very open about exactly how hard it was for us was because we wanted to protect our daughter. We didn't want our daughter, you know, like God forbid we did end up, we were very close to separating and like while I was pregnant. And so if we did separate, 
and God forbid we did go through the divorce, I never wanted my daughter to ever, ever have, you know, to go back and see, oh, you know, I don't know. I just didn't ever want her to feel like guilty. Like it was her that, fault in exactly, some way. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't want her to go back and be like, oh, I, you know, my mom and dad were going through this hard time when I was, when they were pregnant for me and I caused the breakup and they're miserable. And so we really never talked about that publicly, mostly to protect, to protect her, you know? Sure, um, sure. But now that, you know, thank God. Thank you. And thank you, Douglas. I love you. Uh, <laughs> we made it through. And so now we can, you know, I feel like we're more open to You're talk about it now. Place and stronger place. Well, I mean, honestly, a lot of that too comes with time and, you know, getting to know each other and there's layers. Like my husband and I have been together 20 years, so there's layers. And every yeah. time, you know, we're still discovering new things about each other, even though I know him like the back of my hand and he knows me very well. There's still fun things that we discover about each other and it just comes with over time, but also we change as people. Exactly. We evolve, our goals change, our, you know, our our personalities can even change sometimes. And, you know, so, um, so yeah, no, I just think it's, I think it's great that you guys are sharing so much and being so open and, and, um, I would love for you again to tell everybody where they can find your podcast. Um, I think I put on my Facebook, I was like, you can watch me on their YouTube. And then I went and I looked, I was like, oh, I'm not actually on their YouTube. I should (laughs) probably take that down. Um, but tell everybody where they can find you and your podcast. Okay, so our podcast is Hot Marriage Cool Parents, and you can subscribe literally anywhere. But the Himalaya app is the new app that we're we're working with, and so we definitely recommend finding us on there and subscribing there, because uh, just because it's a nice way to have it organized, you can follow more than just one show. So you can I don't know if you're if you're on there or not. It's a new app, so if you're not on there, you should get on there, Heather. <laughs> I'm not. I'll have to check it out. I heard you guys talking about it in um, it's, my episode. So it's actually really cool because it organizes. I don't know. It just helps you organize like your favorite shows, so you don't miss any of your episodes. But anyways, I'll talk to you about that. Like just in case you want to get on there too, because you should. It's it's a cool app. But anyways, uh, also at Jamie and Otis is where you can find me on Instagram, and I absolutely love connecting with with you all, like all you listeners. I just absolutely love connecting with you guys. So and- at Jamie and Otis for me. For me, it's uh, at Doug Hayner, D-O-U-G-H-E-H-N-E-R. And um, yeah, I mean, either one of us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, we love interacting and we see all of the messages. Yeah, we really do make it a point to to look at all the comments that come in and in the messages because mostly the, the comments, because we want to get to know, you know, the listeners more. And I know that you're like that as well, Heather. Yeah. But. Well, I feel like if somebody is going to take the time to message me or comment on something that I'm sharing of my life, like the least I could do is take a second to reply if I can, even if it's just a little heart or a smile or something, just so they know I see it and I got it. Ex- exactly. And yeah. We, definitely, we, we realize, I mean, for, you know, it's, it's a unique situation the way that we got married in the, mm-hmm whole relationship thing and for some they've been with us literally since day one um you know so we 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 more than appreciate the people that have followed our journey and continue to to support our journey and follow and you know it's uh it's a neat little family that we've that we've built yeah and it's nice to have the family grow i mean i'm all about more the merrier um (laughs) one last question any more reality shows in your future maybe (laughs) but we're in the midst of talking about it so um we can't talk about it too much oh my god 
is. All right. Well, I'm going to put that out into the universe if that's something you guys want to do. Um, I know people would love to see you on their TVs again, and and that would be really fun to keep um, following your story in that way. So, um, and of course, we need to get together in real life yes. as well, um, and do lots of photo sessions for the Insta. Oh, yes. <laughs> and um, I really do appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to talk with me and be on my show and for all the kind words that you said um, on your show as well. I'm going to put links up on motherhoodandhollywood.com for the episode that I was on um, on Hot Marriage School Parents, as well as details about Jamie and Doug and where you can find them and follow along on their journey. Thank you, guys. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It was so nice chatting with you again. Yes, you do. <laughs> All right, you guys, that's going to do it for me. Have a wonderful week. And remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. Mama funny. Balls.